baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now the fifth day of September 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm in my car. I'm sitting in my car, Labor Day. Sitting next to me is my son, Matty. And it's funny, at one point in my life, Labor Day meant party at the beach, cookouts, maybe hanging out with friends, playing, you know, I maybe not playing music, we're having a ball game on and everything. And today, Labor Day means getting stuff done. I'm doing chores with my son, Matty. Say hello to my podcasting friends, Matty. Hi there. And I've been basically listening to an original podcast all day long. And the original podcast is my son, Matty, has been talking pretty much nonstop for the last hour. Sorry. No, are you kidding me? It's great. It's great. The One of the great things is I get to hear this in-depth podcast where we go seamlessly talking about Clone Wars, talking about Star Wars, talking about Batman, talking about Teen Titans. And it's great because it doesn't eat up my minutes on my phone. It doesn't 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 take up space, and it's just it's this ongoing podcast. And I realized that my son Maddie has, a, you know, has inherited his father's gift for chatter. Because I could talk. I'm doing it now. I talk twenty. Most of these podcasts. How many have I done, Matt? You know how many? How many do you think I've done? Over a thousand. More than one thousand four hundred podcasts, and the majority of them are just your daddy yapping. Just yappity yap, yap, yap. Just talking, 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 talking. And sometimes I have notes in front of me. I've done intricate research. And sometimes it's today. How many? How much notes do I have in front of me today? Zero. Well, I don't know if you can even read them off the dashboard, but either way. Yeah, off the dashboard. What am I going to read? The, the miles per hour? Was it Sully miles per hour? Like, today I'm going at zero miles per hour with zero gas. That's why I'm going at zero miles per hour and my battery's dead. So my, look at my luck today. Yeah, that would be a bad baseball podcast. Someone wanted to listen for baseball information. I'm talking about gas. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm letting the, the opening up the uh, curtain a little bit here. We're doing this podcast while I'm sitting in the car. And there's a guy who's revving up his motorcycle and ri- driving around. Just now, it up now look it. I, I, I don't mean to offend anyone out there who rides motorcycles and listens to this podcast. I'm sure you're a great person. Uh, I, from my unofficial survey, uh, 95% of people who ride motorcycles are just jerks. Or just die the next day. Just jerks. You know, I did think it at the uh, Sturgis Motorcycle Rally a few years ago, a television show, and after that I said, I'm done with motorcycles. I'm just done with them. You rev them up, yeah, revved up, I'm so cool. More pollution. You're more pollution and you're just making noise. Hey, speaking about making noise, it's Labor Day, and I've talked for years about how basically this is psychologically the end of the summer. I know it's not astronomically the end of the summer in terms of the the rotation of the earth and everything and and, and the seasons. I get it. I get summer technically ends around, what, the 20th, 21st of September. But that being said, this is usually the end of summer vacations, although ridiculously my kids start their school year in the middle of August. What the heck is that about? But also you have 
sort of like this is when you wind down from things that are summer. The summer movie season's over. You know, people are think starting to think about football. They're thinking about the school year. Thinking about it's kind of it's really the beginning of the new year more so than January first is when you really think about it. It's really when we kind of like okay, let's get things started. We had a nice break. Now let's let's knuckle down. And it's also and I've talked about this every year. And I did a video back in 2011 about this topic that it's really psychologically when people start to move away from baseball. Unless you're a diehard fan or a lunatic like your pal Sully, if your team is out of it, you've, you know, even if your team is still in it, you know, you're, it's hard, you're hard-pressed to find people who want to talk baseball or chat baseball because they've already moved on to football. And this is the best month of the year. The two best months out of the year are September and October. And those are the years where people leave in droves. The, the analogy I'd made before, it's like, I'm going to watch Star Wars, but when they start the attack on the Death Star, I'm going to turn it off. I got the gist of it. It's the best part! Yeah, for Pete's sake, that's the, that's, I mean, it, I mean, sure there's action, you know, here and there, there's a mini space battle with the ties, which is only four ties, but, I mean, come on, it's a darn space battle with ships attacking something that's, let me try it. Well, while you're thinking about that, I'll get back to Solid Baseball Daily Podcast. That's 30 times the size. Right, and the fact of the matter is, is that that's the, the equivalent in baseball of the attack on the Death Star is the World Series and the pennant race. So anyway, uh. I basically said that we should design the season so the last day of... Well, I've said that the, the wild card game should be played on Memorial Day. On, on Labor Day, sorry. That this is the day that everyone has off and it's to be a big game for baseball. Or perhaps this is the finale of the season where we have every team play on Labor Day. And I love what they did last year. I hope they do it again this year where they have on the last day of the season all the games start at the same time. So you're, you're checking this score and that score and everything like that. Now, if the playoffs started today and it's Labor Day, um, the playoffs would be, there would be, have to be a one-game playoff to get into the one-game playoff, which I think is great. Uh, Baltimore and Detroit would play that. The winner of that game would play the Red Sox. The winner of that game would play the Texas Rangers. Meanwhile, the Blue Jays would play the Cleveland Indians. In the National League, it's pretty set that you have the... Giants would play the Cardinals in the two teams that have hogged the National League pennant this decade. And the winner of that would play the Cubs. Wow. Meanwhile, the Dodgers would play the Nationals. The Mets are only one game out. Amazingly, the Pirates went on a six-game losing streak recently, which may shoot them in the foot if they miss the playoffs by a game or two. They're three games back in the wild card right now. Uh, so we got to have a pretty exciting race. There's a bunch of, there's a few teams clumped in the National League, few teams clumped together in the American League. Uh, the schedule did a weird thing to the Mets last night. They had to play a night game in New York for the ESPN game. Then they had to fly to Cincinnati and play a day game in Cincinnati. And my cousin Dave was complaining about that. Well, the best way to combat that is to do what the Mets are doing right now. Games are going on right now. The Mets won last night against Washington, and they're currently winning against Cincinnati 2-0. So if they win both of those games, hey, yeah, it was unfair, but the, you can make it fair by winning those games. Another weird thing that's happened to me personally right now is I want the Red Sox 
to win the division. They're one game behind Toronto, and Toronto is currently losing 5-1. to one. I should be going yippee, but they're losing to the Yankees. And I am such a petty person. Don't inherit this quality from me, Maddie. I am such a petty, vindictive person. What does that mean? That means I just want bad things to happen to someone, even if it isn't necessarily good for me. And that's what I want. I don't want to see the Yankees win and get back into it. But that being said, if they beat the Blue Jays, that's good for the Red Sox, who, you know, they won a heart. They lost a heart. Red Sox lost a heartbreaker last night by uh, Eduardo Rodriguez threw a no hitter into the eighth and wound up losing the game one nothing. But they're only one game back. And Red Sox fans, I think if I told you that they would be one game back going into Labor Day. Uh, I think every Red Sox fan in the world would have taken that at the beginning of the year. So if the Yankees can hold on to this and the Red Sox can beat San Diego, they'll be tied in first place going to the Tuesday after Labor Day. Now, here's the main thing I want to talk about. And I've talked about this before. I've devoted entire podcasts about this before. But here we are again. Now, the Giants went into that tough series against Chicago. They had a four-game series against Chicago. All four games were one-run games. In other words, they were all winnable games or all losable games. By a one-run game, when you lose a game by one run, it's basically, it's chance at that point. It's a bounce here, a bounce there, a call here, a call there. And the Giants held their own and played well against the Cubs, and yet they lost three out of four. And the only reason they won one was because of a remarkable bonehead play at second base where the Giants caught Rizzo off of uh, uh, second base and tagged him out. Otherwise, it probably would have been a four-game sweep. But yesterday, they were winning in the ninth inning. And everyone who's been listening to this podcast knows where I'm going to go. They were winning in the ninth inning. And a win there would have been great because they dropped the first two games. If they dropped the first two games but walked away with a split, a split is basically all you could really ask against the Cubs, who are the best team in baseball right now. And to walk away with a split against Chicago, especially after dropping the first two games, would have been huge. And and today the Giants are heading off and they're going to the soft spot of their schedule where they're going to be playing, um, they're going to Denver. They're going to be playing the Rockies, who are not exactly world beaters. They're a 2-1 lead going to the ninth inning. And what happened? You know what happened. We all know what happened. They brought in... You don't don't know what happened, Maddie? I'll tell you what happened. They brought in Santiago Casilla. Now, Santiago Casilla is the relief pitcher who has been, you know, not great all year. And for whatever reason... For whatever reason, they keep putting him in the ninth inning. Here's the most saves, Sally. Shut up. I don't care if he has the most saves. I really don't. You only make some... And again, I've, I've said this ad nauseum, and I keep saying it, and I really thought Bochi was not going to do this anymore. But you don't automatically put someone in in the ninth inning unless they are having one of those terrific seasons, and I keep listening. Any season, pick a season by Rivera. Pick, pick a season, a season by, uh, um, uh, by you know, Keith Folk in 04, Legion 2008, Eckersley in 1992, Gagne in 2004, 
you know, I mean, there, there's some, Billy Wagner had four or five seasons like that where it was just completely, it was not even fair how well he pitched. They don't have one of those pitchers. So what you do is you mix and match. Now, yesterday, the Giants used Romo, Lopez, Castilla, count, count these down for me, how many? Romo. One. Lopez. Two. Casilla. Three. Contos. Four. Osage. Five. Guerin. Six. Okert. Seven. Nathan. Eight. Reynolds. Nine. They used nine relievers. Nine. Two of them gave up runs. Casilla led up the rally, and then Reynolds, who pitched the 13th inning, led up the run. And and at that point, you know, you're, you're bringing poor Matt Reynolds into the game. You know, then you know, what are you going to do? Okay. So that means they used seven relievers yesterday who didn't let up a run. Seven. And of those relievers, count these down for me, okay, would you? Sure. Um, Romo. One. Contos. Two. And Nathan. Three. Have lower ERAs than Casilla. Granted. All right. We got a little, a little, uh distracted there right now with someone call in. But anyway, back to what I was saying. The fact of the matter is the Giants used a bunch of pitchers, and some of them pitched in and out of trouble, to be sure. But there's no reason, there is no reason to just throw in Santiago Casilla to pitch the ninth. This is not a small sample size anymore. There's nothing about Santiago Casilla that's automatic. It's not that he's a bad pitcher. It's just he's not automatic. What's that mean? That means that when he comes in, you go, oh, I know he's going to get three outs. Boom, boom, boom. And the only reason you put someone in automatically in the ninth inning to finish a game is if you know automatically he's going to get the outs. Boom, boom, boom. But if he doesn't get the outs, boom, 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 then you what you do? You mix and match. You bring in other pitchers. You know, if you let up a run in the sixth or seventh inning, yeah. that's bad. If you let, if it's a one-run game and you let up a run or two in the ninth inning, what happens? The game's over. You lose. And so you have to take a look at who's available. And at this point, it's, okay, uh, 73 and 63. What's okay? Uh, I can, you know, this is 73. There are 26 games left. You're not asking Hunter Strickland, you're not asking Sergio Romo, you're not asking uh, any of the other pitchers I just was help Matt Kane, someone. You're not asking these pitchers, Nathan, Okert, Garen, Osich. You're not saying, Give me six great months as a closer. It's essentially, give me four weeks. Give me four weeks. Try something else. We see it's not working. It's not that his numbers are horrific. Not that Casillas' numbers are horrific. They're not. He's blown seven saves. His ERA is above three, which is, means by by definition, he lets up a run every three every three innings. And so by that definition, if you're bringing him in, if you're bringing him in in a one-run game and you know he's going to let up a run every three innings, by the law of averages, every three games you put him in, he's going to blow the lead. It's Labor Day. We can't say, oh, it's early. Small sample size. We have four weeks left. Sometimes you have to say, do you know what? 
Casilla, you got three rings. You're clearly will be on the playoff roster. We got a mix and match at this point. I said this a few months ago. I can't believe I'm still saying it now. I really thought the Giants were going to be winning the division this year. They're going to be holding on for dear life to get the wild card at this point. They are only, scroll down, one game ahead of the Cardinals in the loss column. They are only three games ahead of the Mets in the loss column. And the Mets are heating up. The Mets are playing well. Have you noticed that the likes of Granderson and uh, what's his doodle, Bruce and Cespedes are starting to heat up? Are you seeing that they're starting to pitch well? The Mets just need, again, you're not asking the Mets to have a great year. You're asking them to have a great four weeks. Is it possible for the Mets to beat to leapfrog the Cardinals and the Giants? Of course it is. And when you look at some of these games, when you look at the Giants are going to get blown out a couple of times, and the Giants are going to blow the other team out a couple of times. That's the law of averages. It's these one-run games you can't let slip away. And you can't take the attitude that, well, it's the ninth inning, and this is the guy with all the saves. A stat I've brought up before, and I'll bring it up again. The last time the World Series was won by the pitcher who began the year as the closer was the Giants in 2010. Every year since then, 2011, Jason Mott took over as closer. 2012, Romo took over as closer. In 2013, Uehara took over as closer. In 2014, Casilla took over as closer, but even in that postseason, Bochi mixed and matched. You saw saves by Strickland, a save by Bumgarner, a save by Casilla, key relief innings thrown by Affelt and by Yusmaro Petit. And last year, uh, Wade Davis took over as closer. So the notion of you need the steady closer for the full year, I'm a broken record, I've talked about this before. Why are we still talking about this on Labor Day? Why? My son just shrugged. We have April, May, June, July, August, the beginning of September. That's nearly half a year of a sample size. It ain't working. And there's plenty, and they, and you're not going to give it to Will Smith, who's been a bust since coming over from Milwaukee. But what you do now is this. Let's, let's take it as open auditions. If it's Matt Cain, it's Matt Cain. If it's Jake Peavy, actually, he's hurt, so it's not even Jake Peavy. But if it's just try somebody, you may find, hey, look at this. A guy got on a roll. Strickland got on a roll. Osich got on a roll. Romo got on a roll. Someone got on a roll. You're a, a pitcher who you're not expecting, maybe someone from the farm. I don't know. Someone could get on a roll, and you're just saying, hey, just close games out for us for four weeks. That's all we're asking right now. That's all we're asking. Or you mix and match, and you throw away the tyranny of the save. This is about their survival for a playoff position. And there is no way on heaven, on earth, and hell, or on Alderaan before it blew up that they're going to make the postseason if they keep saying, well, we're going to hand it to a guy that every three days is going to blow a lead. We've seen it. 
So, and of course, if the Giants get into the postseason, no, do I think they could beat the Cubs in a in a short series? Well, not really. But no one thought they could beat the Nationals in a short series in 2014, and they wound up doing that. They start a series off with Bumgarner and with Cueto that could neutralize Lester and Arietta. And that's why, of course, they wouldn't. Chances are one of them would pitch the wild card game. So okay, so you start. You, so you would have a start by Cueto, and you would have a start by uh, Baumgartner in the first three games. And next thing you know, you could it could be a two-one series, Giants. But not if you hand the ball to Casilla. This is not news. I'm not saying new things, and yet I keep saying them. So. Let's get this going, because I do want to see the Giants in the postseason. Once again, I don't claim to be unbiased. I don't claim to be impartial. But I am objective. And I am not seeing things through black and orange glasses. This, they're doing the wrong things and could be on the outside looking in in the postseason. It is a very conceivable scenario that has the Mets and the Cardinals playing the wild card game and the Giants playing Boggle going, what the hell happened? Don't say that word, buddy. I know. So, interesting thing about who owned baseball yesterday is the half-wobs outperformed the wobs. Anyway, who owned baseball? Uh, Jose Abreu in the weird game between the White Sox and the Twins. It was a 13-11 final. Nice pitcher's duel. Uh, Jose Abreu homered twice. Uh, Kendall Graveman. Hey, let's not call the Josh Donaldson trade a bust yet, because Kendall Graveman's pitching very well for the Oakland A's, and he matched Eduardo Rodriguez's no-hitter inning for inning in terms of shutout, and he didn't get the win, but he set up the A's 1-0 win against the Red Sox. Uh, Domingo Santana. Went three for five with a pair of homers as the Brewers kicked the snot. Don't say that word. Actually, that's not such a bad word. Uh, of the Pirates, 10 to nothing. And Julio Turan, having a great season for a terrible Atlanta team, uh, pitched uh, six shutout innings uh, to get the win over Philadelphia. Half-lobs, Byron Buxton, and catching fire. Top prospects finally starting to play like he should. Another big game in the loss against the White Sox. Eduardo Rodriguez, I mentioned it, had a no-hitter and uh, two outs in the eighth. Looked like he got the, the final out of that inning, but instant replay showed. And, and don't complain, Red Sox fans. You wouldn't want to have a no-hitter when you know he didn't throw a no-hitter. He It was a good call, the reverse. Uh, he pitched great. Eight one-hit innings, shutout ball. Red Sox lost one nothing. Uh, I'll never be able to pronounce Yangervis Solarte. I uh, went three for three at a home run. Dodgers beat the Padres seven to four. And Johnny Cueto pitched great against the Cubs. Great. Almost every Giants pitcher picked, pitched great. One didn't. His name was Santiago Casilla. Ergo, they lost. You understand what I'm saying? So if you're keeping score at home, Jose Abreu, Kendall Graveman, Domingo Santana, and Julio Turan, full wobs, half wobs to Byron Buxton, Eduardo Rodriguez, Yangeris Solarte, and Johnny Cueto. Go to sullybaseball.com. You can like me on Facebook, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Instagram. Uh, I'm everywhere. You can send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Sitting in a car with my buddy Matty. Say hi. Say bye to everyone, Matty. Bye, everyone, Matty. Oh, he's good. He's my boy. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the fifth day of September 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. 
please. What can I sell me? Scotland Sully, man. There you go.